From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 386. Today's holiday special is brought to you by Bombus, Hunter Douglas, and Setup. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Happy holidays, Mr. Mike Hurley. It's Christmas week. Ho, ho, ho to you, my friend. Well, ho to you, too. I have some ho, ho. Jingle Bell Snell talk for you. Uh, oh. It comes from JD, who wants to know... This is not a que- this is not I I resisted a holiday snell talk because not holiday we are, themed. We are basically all holiday ask upgrade for the the entire episode today because we got like a billion questions, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one comes from JD who asked, "Have you ever tried coding? And if so, what language?" Well, I have. Um, <laughs> yes, is the answer, JD. Um, I started using uh, Basic when I was a kid, where you had to number the lines of code mm-hmm. and that's how you navigate it around i was thinking about that the other day that i i remember the first time i saw a programming language i think it was pascal that didn't have line numbers and i couldn't understand how you would do a program without line numbers and i think back now and i think like why did you need the line numbers but it was how i was thinking it was how it was taught um and i i learned a lot of basic uh and and then we have to go to Apple Script after that. Like basically, I didn't do anything beyond uh, AppleSoft Basic <laughs> until I was in uh, grad school. Maybe I'm not sure. I did any Apple Script in college, uh, and that was uh, and Apple Script is very weird, but it is a you know coding language of a sort. And uh, I was scripting and you know connecting together various apps. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot more of this, so. I, uh, when we moved six colors to WordPress, I built a custom template. It, it's actually kind of funny as, as a side note, I'll say our friend David Sparks just changed his website over from, uh, Squarespace, I think to WordPress. And I was saying, well, if you need any advice, I spent all, you know, I spent several months converting, meticulously converting, six colors from movable type to WordPress and WordPress is all PHP stuff. So I had to, to make a custom theme complete from zero custom theme. I had to do a lot of PHP stuff and I had a little bit of help from some of the people at WordPress, but for the most part I did it myself. And, um, the lesson learned here is that David Sparks's response was, Oh, I hired a guy to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess I could have done that. But it, I didn't, and I learned a lot about <laughs> PHP. And my weather page, uh, Upgrade Plus listeners can hear all about my weather uh, my weather uh, environment, my weather uh, ecosystem that I have at my house. Uh, that weather page is in PHP. Doing what PHP was designed to do, which is take a web page and uh, modify it based on some, some simple-ish logic. Anyway, so I learned a lot of PHP from that project. Um, people in who were listening to upgrade plus may also hear another portion of my weather ecosystem involves widgets in scriptable scriptable is an app that is uh that lets you write stuff in javascript on your ios device and you can put it in widgets and stuff like that and so i had to learn some javascript for that where i'd never i resisted learning javascript for a long time and i still don't understand it uh that well but i understand it enough to be dangerous as they say and then in the last couple of months you know i don't know three, four months, I have made a concerted effort to learn Python. And I've written a whole bunch of different scripts in Python that do a whole bunch of different things. And that's been really great because the great advantage of, of knowing one of these languages instead of AppleScript is that I have a, a, a server running Unix that's in the cloud and I can put scripts on it 
and they run. Whereas with Apple scripts, you got to run it on a Mac somewhere. And, uh, and it's nice to be able to have that script just running in the cloud and yep. running it from there. I guess if you're going to know this stuff, it helps for it to be a bit more universal, right? It, exactly. And the, and, and this is a, a, the reason that I've, I've been doing this recently is that I really wanted to, um, pick up some of those skills. And I think it's a fun challenge for my brain to try and do this. Um, the Apple script muscles are, are there. And the fact is all of these languages are kind of, I mean, I know enough now to understand when people like um, the ATP guys talk about the differences in programming languages. I've seen enough of them now that I'm like, oh yeah, they are all kind of the same. And it comes down to how do they phrase things? And is there a built-in module for this? And do they use semicolons too much? Or is it brackets that they use too much? Or is it indenting that they use too much? Every language has its uh, issues, let's say. There is no perfect language. Although I prefer indenting in Python to all the semicolons in JavaScript. Anyway, uh, so it's been fun because it's good for my brain too. As a 50 plus year old person, I want to keep challenging my brain and keep it plastic and uh, adaptive and learning. And it has been a lot of fun to write these uh the python scripts especially uh, you know and again i could probably hire a guy to do it like david sparks did for his wordpress site uh yeah i gotta learn that lesson but uh it has been a lot of fun to pick this stuff up and and uh i hope i will continue using it in the future do you want your brain to be plastic is that the right thing well, plastic in this case means uh able to be like uh moved it's mo- mm. instead of being set fixed it's like fixed and plastic are opposites in this case so you want to be able to have a brain that's kind of adaptive mm -hmm. and can learn and grow and change and not remain kind of locked in place because that's how you become like an old person who goes ah these kids today get off my lawn and i don't want to be what about that guy foam like a brain bowl that some work? people don't like foam, but yes, I would like my i would like my brain to be as as uh as squishy and adaptive as my brain ball thank you <laughs> If you would like to send in a question for us to open an episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnowTalk, like JD did. Or you can use question mark SnowTalk in the Relay FM members Discord, which I actually think is what JD did, JD did uh, actually. 10 print, hello world, 20, go to 10. You can get access to the Relay FM members Discord if you want uh, by becoming a member and supporting this show. You can go to getupgradeplus.com, you can sign up. And you'll also get to hear about Jason's weather station, which is what yes. we're going to talk about in Upgrade Plus today. If you are listening to this episode uh, on the day of release, you have less than 24 hours remaining to get your nominations in for the Upgradies. Nominations are closing on December the 21st. So if you still have time, go to Upgradies.vote and you can get your nominations in. The results will be revealed and deliberated on next week's episode of Upgrade mm. as we do the Upgradies yes. to finish out 2021. Got some follow-up for you, Jason. Uh, I was talking right. last week about my issues with uh, Wi-Fi on my MacBook Pro. Uh, Mac mm. OS 12.1 seems to have solved this issue, and now I have no problem connecting to Wi-Fi networks, finding new Wi-Fi networks and that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is, uh, which was not happening to me before, when you click on the Wi-Fi um, kind of arrow, thing, you know, in Control Center, you can hover over it and it has a little chevron which you can click. Yep. It shows you in that area Wi-Fi networks that you can connect to. That UI never loaded from before. I didn't even know it was in there. Oh. So it was so basically my machine just could not find Wi-Fi networks. 
it, unless I would go into system preferences, toggle it on and off, on and off. I don't think I mentioned last time, but sometimes I would get like an NAN error on the <laughs> turn off button. So like turn on, turn off Wi-Fi was sometimes saying NAN and then like a code that would like break through the button. It was like a big old mess. Um, well, that's but, not good. But 12.1 has completely fixed it. Uh, it wasn't in the release notes. Like I was looking through the release notes. There were um, like MacBook Pro specific fixes, but Wi-Fi wasn't mentioned as one of them, but it has fixed my my Wi-Fi problems. So I'm, I'm really happy about that um, because now I don't have that annoyance on my computer. That's good. I wonder what caused that. I wonder why they, they did that, but it's good. I mean, keep in mind 12.0 came out before the laptops came out. And mm-hmm. so there's a, this is the first full version that um, is released, right? So they decided not to put it in like one of the little dot updates, but they, they jammed it into 12.1. That's interesting. I guess I guess we'll never know the behind the scenes thing. But I mean, I always have this it. like belief that sometimes things just get fixed. And well, I don't, I think this is not, I think this is commonly held. Things get fixed without meaning to be in the same way that things can get broken without meaning ah, to be. That's, I think that's fair. You know, um, I saw you link to Notchmeister. <laughs> <laughs> on six yes. colors yes. and uh now if i ever want i can have an application uh right now if i just go up to the notch i have some christmas lights that pop down that's right the, so i posted a tweet about how somebody should make it so that the notch glows when your mouse is behind it when your pointer is behind it because you can lose your pointer up there you can move your pointer behind and not see it and be where is it it's in the notch um Craig Hockenberry from the Icon Factory took this as a challenge. And even though he doesn't have a laptop with a notch, he wrote uh, with some other people and it's open source. So anybody can look at it or contribute a thing called Notchmeister. Um, and he was sending me builds to take pictures of like, tell me what this looks like. <laughs> Cause he doesn't have one. Um, and uh, ended up releasing Notchmeister, which is this funny utility that is really uh, Craig and I both thought that it reminded us of uh, there's a program called Underwear back in the day, which was like uh, kind of like a screensaver, except it was always on underneath your desktop. And it was a desktop diversion or distraction, I think they called it. And it was just silly is what it was. And so mm. he was inspired by that. So, yeah, you can have a, like a little Cylon light that goes around the notch or you can have it that when your when your pointer goes behind it, it throws off sparks or it glows. Um, and you can have it that Christmas lights drop down from the notch when you move your mouse up there. And also, I think there's one that's like a radar X-ray kind of thing, which is hilarious it's because, really good. like I said, the, the your pointer is is actually back there and it's moving around. And so he built this thing that drops down a little scanner that shows you what your pointer is doing up there, uh, which like is poking around and hiding and, behind chips and stuff. And it's very responsive. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I have a feature request if 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 Craig happens to be listening or hearing this. Mm. Uh, I would like a way to be able to hide the dock icon for this app. Ah, uh, for Notchmeister. Mm-hmm. So I can just leave it uh, like open all the time and forget that I it's see. there and get uh, joy whenever I pop up towards the notch. That's nice. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun idea. I uh, you know my purpose with it was was really just I thought somebody should make a very simple utility that just lets you um, maybe one of these utilities that fixes your menu bar or something like that that literally just gives you a, a subtle indicator that your your pointer is currently living behind the notch and that's why it's not visible. And Craig was like, "What if we made it wacky?" <laughs> and yep. he succeeded. It is very wacky. But I like it. I think I love I love it when people do silly. Uh, 
silly software. Like I love it. It, it feels it's very both, Mac to me. Like it, it feels does. like part part of like the Mac's history is these uh-huh. silly little things that it can do. I mean, and, and Apple has had a history of building them in themselves, just not recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whimsical and uh, funny, and yet also. Uh, professional and considered right and that's mm-hmm. that that's the delight i think that makes it sort of feel mac like is that it's very intelligent brilliant serious professionals using some of their brain power to create something silly i like it that's a lot of fun apple have delayed their return to the office indefinitely <laughs> yep so this is something yep. that they've been kicking this can down the road for, I think, the best part of six to eight months now, where it's like, hey, we're going to come back. they've lost the can entirely. And <laughs> the then, can, what can? Yeah. I don't now, know. <laughs> we've never seen a can. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is actually kind of funny because uh, I'm, we're working on our connected year in review. So we go through the year and we look at um, look at stories and stuff like that. And today I was looking through June and one of the stories for June was Apple employees push back against return to office in an internal letter. Ah, yes. So when that, that internal letter that went around, um, that was in June of last year. So they have been talking about their return to the office for over six months now. Um, but they just kept saying, hey, it was this time. Hey, it was this time. And now they've just said, you know, for very obvious reasons, uh, we don't know when it's going to come back. When anybody's going to come back now? Right. So, corporate employees are going to be given one thousand dollars to spend on home office equipment. Which there we go. I don't remember if they've had this before. If they haven't, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. What no the kidding. hell? Why is it yeah. taking them so long? If if they yep. haven't done it up until now, um, but that tells you, I think, quite clearly that. This is for people that do not need to be in the office because there are people that are in Apple Park, like there are. Sure. Um, but for the people that don't need to be, I think Apple is now taking a hunker down kind of uh, response for this one. Um, I've been saying this for a long time that my feeling is there would be no WWDC this year. I think that's set now. Like, I think right, probably right. But, uh, as, as I've said for the whole time, like they were never going to do it if the employees weren't back in the office because that just doesn't make any sense, right? That you would be happy to bring five to 10,000 people to a place, but yet you wouldn't have your own employees in an office. Uh, and that decision kind of has to be made now. Yeah, that's the thing is we don't know what the state of affairs is going to be in June, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know that. All we do know is that right now we are seeing, you know, surges everywhere because of Omicron and it's not looking good for the next couple of months. The problem is Apple's got to make a decision pretty soon about what they're going to do. And it's not just the not knowing. It's the you got to take a gamble about a live WWDC in June. Um, And and I think we've what we've seen in this pandemic is that. It's really hard to plan even a couple of months. Like I have a thing that I'm supposed to go to in LA in February and I'm like, is that going to really happen? I don't know. I have no idea. So, um, it, it, let alone June, right? It's that it's tough. So event planners, like Apple doesn't have to have the event. Unlike so many events where like the business is the event, Apple's business is not the event and it's shown that it can do it online just fine. So I think that, um, you might as well just the event kick it, is kick a that distraction. Can. That's what the event yeah. is like. It is actually, you know, it is a cost and a distraction which is not needed. Like they have proven yeah. two years in a row 
that a virtual WWDC is as if not more effective for the vast majority of developers. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, so it was always kind of like if, if they ever were to bring it back, it's because they want the community aspect of it, which I understand. But you're not... No company wants to be the first company. No tech company wants to be the first tech company to bring the developer conference back. So everyone's going to be holding off anyway. And I just think that, look, Apple need to have made this decision already. Like they announced WWDC in March every year, right? Which means before March, they have to have all of the agreements with all of the uh, conference center and all that kind of stuff. I just can't imagine anyone would be working on that right now. So yeah, anyway, so yeah, the 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 return to the office thing delayed indefinitely. I honestly now expect that they will just take this as an opportunity to change the uh, to change the plan as well, um, so that they will be able to appease more of their employees for a more hybrid approach. That that would be my other guess on that, but we'll see. And there are some rumors uh, going around that LG is developing three display panels for Apple displays, a 24-inch display, a 27-inch display, and a 32-inch display. The 27 and 32 appear to be mini-LED displays with ProMotion support, Mm -hmm. and the 32 would be an XDR uh, replacement and also would include an Apple silicon chip inside of it. Yeah, this was covered really well on ATP last week, but for those who didn't listen, I think the speculation here that we don't really know, this is sort of seen spotted at LG, these three displays, and I don't know if it really tells us anything about what will be a standalone display, because they're describing literally the 24-inch iMac display. Okay, that's not that exciting. Uh, the 27-inch seems to be what would be in a new, larger iMac, and that it would be mini-LED with ProMotion makes sense and is exciting. And then an XDR replacement that would be mini-LED with ProMotion also makes sense and is exciting. I think the question is that, that a lot of us want to know is, is any of these going to be sold standalone for people who have a laptop or a Mac Pro or a Mac Mini or whatever, uh, separate from just the iMacs? And I'd imagine the 32 probably... The 32 seems like the most likely, right? Because... Yeah. I actually don't imagine Apple would make a 32-inch iMac. I think that might be a bit a bit aggressive, um, especially if it's going to have some kind of chip inside of it. That very much sounds like a, a high-end machine. I mean, maybe that 24, because like, why would they be continuing to develop an iMac screen? The iMac right. screen's available. Yeah, well, I mean, but we don't know where this where this information is from and whether this is a forthcoming thing or if it might be an old thing that is the iMac screen. Also, we should say there are two different LG companies. There's the LG that makes panels and the LG that sells productized displays. Mm-hmm. And I'm unclear about which LG this is, but LG supplies Apple with its panels. So there's no proof that it's like, aha, they're, they're going to be LG displays or they're going to be Apple branded displays. All we really know is that these panels are being seen and that they're being worked on in some sort of a container. Um, so this is a really fuzzy, hazy kind of report. What I would take away from it that I, I think we could probably take away with some confidence is that this report indicates that Apple is planning to bring that that mini LED technology that we've seen in the laptops and in the iPad Pro uh, 12.9 mm-hmm. to the 27-inch and 32-inch sizes, which we could kind of assume are going to be iMac and Pro Display XDR. But I think what it doesn't give us any signal on really is is this going to be a standalone 
product as well. Is Apple building a full standalone product? Maybe it does, but I don't know enough about it. And that report is squishy enough that I, I, I can't have a lot of confidence. It would be quite a thing if Apple rolled out, imagine, a 24-inch display, a 27-inch display, and a 32-inch display instead of the just the, the 32 that they have now. But I don't know. Part of me thinks, are we just seeing the iMacs here? Are they just saying, oh, I saw the iMac panels and here's the next generation iMac panel is going to be mini LED. I, I don't know. So people who I want love that. to get excited, I can't can get excited that. about it. I, mean, I could imagine them maybe doing a 24 inch display. That's just very, very regular, like just a regular display that Apple makes, you know, and a 32 inch pro display XDR, which is like 1500 bucks, like that they bring the price down significantly because they move it to mini LED and like I can imagine that would bring the price down like because they don't charge an incredible amount of money for all of their other displays that use that mini LED right like so I, I, that's what I would guess I would guess that the, that the 32 would be the one that people would want and it would be much more um, price available but we'll see yeah well th- that is one of the things that we have not talked about a lot is the idea that what if they don't release a standalone display except for an XDR replacement and what if the XDR replacement is way cheaper, right? Like that's a scenario that that could happen. We, I think a lot of the conversation in our sphere has been about a 27-inch. And I would love to see that. Quite honestly, 27 is kind of big for me. I, I used that 24-inch iMac for a while. And I thought, do I want a 24-inch display? Probably not. Probably want a 27-inch display. I really don't want a 32-inch display. But that all said, that's just my personal thing. Um I do wonder if a scenario we did not anticipate is what if the uh, XDR just gets replaced and it gets replaced by this superior and maybe cheaper mini LED technology and that that, that five or $6,000 monitor becomes a, uh, I don't know what, two or $3,000 monitor. But a lot of people, again, a lot of people don't want to pay a lot for that muffler, right? That For that monitor. So uh, we're all hoping for a 27 standalone and maybe we'll get it. I mean, I hope we get it. Uh, I think 24 standalone maybe goes too far, but wouldn't that be great? Like, I would love it for Apple to be like, we have so many different monitors you can buy now because we realize that nobody else is making them and uh, we need to, because that's the truth. I think I think this all goes back to the fact that Apple thought the market would um, zoom in here and be like, yes, we want to reach all those Apple customers. We're going to make displays. And it turns out they kind of don't care and if Apple wants these products to exist, they should make them themselves and then make a lot of money selling them to laptop and Mac Pro and Mac Mini buyers in the Apple store. Like, and everybody wins, a Apple. Good Thunderbolt <laughs> display isn't just a Mac product either. Like, I'm, not, I'm sure this is not mm-hmm. what Apple aims for and doesn't care, but they would, they would probably sell more of them. Right, like, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. And also, also, I'll throw this in there, especially about the twenty-four. But in general, I still believe that there's an iPad software update forthcoming, if not this cycle, then next cycle, to do external display support with some proper kind of window management yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And these products are for the iPad too. Yes. So that's something to keep in mind. Like, like these products are not just going to be for Macs. I think they're also going to be for the iPad. So that that is another little wrinkle 
in this whole thing. So I don't know what it all means other than it makes me feel just that much more enthusiastic for the prospect of a standalone external Apple branded display and for whatever that next large iMac is, which is probably the one that I'm going to buy. If that could be a 27 inch with high dynamic range and a mini LED backlit display, like, yeah, yeah, that'll probably get my vote. (laughs) This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas's mission is simple, to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So this holiday, when you gift Bombas to someone on your list, you're also giving them to someone in need. It's a give, give. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them perfect for cozy winter layers. There is a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in performance styles for every sport, holiday styles for when you're feeling festive, and tons more. Bombas t-shirts are made of the thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel that might make you even forget they're even there, but in a good way. Bombas are the coziest gifts for everyone on your list, and thanks to their festive gift boxes, you don't even have to wrap them. All you have to do is the giving. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters in that order. And that's why Bombas donates one for every item that you buy. Bombas are made to be the perfect gift and they give back to those in need as well. So happy giving. One thing I just wanted to point out that I really love about Bombas, I mentioned it earlier, is like that they are seamless. It's like a big difference when like for socks, they don't have that seam at the front, which just is so much more comfortable, way less annoying. It's one of the reasons that I love and wear Bombas socks all the time. So go to bombas.com slash upgrade and get 20% off any purchase. That's extra good for the festive giving stuff. B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash upgrade and you'll get 20% off. That is B-O-M-B-A-S bombas.com slash upgrade. A thanks to Bombas for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. It is time for some ho 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 holiday hashtag ask upgrade. We put it out to the upgradians, Jason. Jingle, 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 jingle lasers. Uh, mm. We put it out to the upgradians. Send us your holiday questions. We got about two times the amount of holiday questions that we're going to use today. <laughs> A lot of them were duplicates. The upgradians are very good. They're diligent. Uh, so we're going to do that today. That's going to be our holiday special for this year is answering your questions about our holiday preferences like this one from Timicus, who asks, what kind of tech do you employ in your Christmas decorations? Well, we have one of those candles that's an LED that flickers. but it's, So it looks like a candle, but it's mm-hmm. fake. That's technology, right? Yeah, sure. Actually, the, the best part of that is that it has a switch that is not just an, it has an on, but it also has an on timer where you turn it on and it goes for five hours and mm-hmm. then it turns itself off, which is great because otherwise you got to turn, you don't want to turn your candle on and off. Come on. And uh, I think what this question is asking is I, I do attach the uh, Christmas lights on the house and on the tree to smart switches. And I have a home kit automation that turns them on and off. I used to have a little timer that you would, you know, put the pins in it and all of that. But now I just use smart switches and home kit. Um, they're not particularly sophisticated automations. They really are sort of time on and off. Um, there it's actually linked into existing automations I have for like our, our front light outside and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then it, I will say a, a word for how the led 
revolution has affected so many aspects of our lives. Um, the, like Christmas lights are so much better now because they're all LEDs. Um, and so they don't use a lot of power and they, they are cheap and they're just, it's, it's pretty amazing. As somebody who remembers glass bulbs with filaments in them that would break when you looked at them funny, the LED stuff is so much more, uh, resilient and it's better so that's that's mine how about you so i for holiday decorations we just have a tree right that's that's kind of what we do and we have fairy lights on the tree um and a a while ago i used to use a wemo for these every year i have like a a, just a wemo that was just in the christmas box it was like one of the really old ones and that was what we'd use and it always made me laugh because every time it turned on it sounded like it was like a big thunk it would make like the wemo and then okay Uh christmas is ready um, but a, a while ago, a friend of the show, James Thompson, turned me on to this surge protector by a company called Miros, I think. Um, and it's got a, a it's for UK plugs. I, I don't know if they make them uh, other for other um, uh, places for other plug types. But what I really like about this surge protector is, by default, in HomeKit. And it just works with HomeKit. Like, it's just very easy to connect. You don't even need to use an app. What I like about it is by default in HomeKit, it's like it's four plugs, sockets, four four USB sockets. It's just on and off. But you can ungroup it. So you can individually address each plug socket in each USB. So over time, like as we add different things to it, so we have a lava lamp at home, that's on it, and that's got its own automation. And then we yeah. have the fairy lights, and that has its own automation. Um, my wife and Dina are fairy adores lights, fairy... fairy lights. What are they? Are those oh, Christmas, li- just Christmas, Christmas lights? lights? Yeah, we call them fairy lights. I, I guess this is a thing I've just found out that you don't call them that. Um, fairy lights are Christmas lights. The little regular lights that you have, and they twinkle. Uh, Adina loves okay. fairy lights, so we actually just leave them in. But when the tree comes down, we just use them to decorate the living room so that we always have the fairy lights. And then when the Christmas tree comes out, we then wrap them around the tree. Uh, and I have that, like you, I mean, it's, it's then a switch in my home kit, which I enjoy, but I also have it on an automation in one of the home kit automations, you know, to turn on and off at certain times. One of my favorite things about the home kit automation stuff is how easy it is to enable or disable when you are or aren't home. It's like, mm-hmm. I really love yeah. that, like that you can set up an automation, but only have it trigger when you are at home or when you're not at home. So, you know, like when we're not at home, lights come on at a certain time, but that doesn't happen if we are at home, that kind of thing. So I, I like can't, that. well, I guess I could do that. I have to, I have to rope in the, all the people who live in my house to do that automation thing. And that's always been a challenge for me because some automations, it's like, do I really only want this and i work at home so i'm always at home anyway so it's it's a it's a whole thing but yeah that that can be really cool where it's like if you basically have it said so if you and indina are not present it doesn't bother yeah but we have other ones as well that like if we're not there then they will also trigger so like you know i like that kind of stuff um so that so yeah this is probably a conversation for another time but my um my cameras just got updated to support home kit which is wild. But one of the things that they do, because they, they also have um, motion sensors in them, is the motion sensors are implemented separately from the camera. <laughs> so they're like motion sensor switches that you can automate, which I thought was very clever. Uh, but I'm not doing any of those things. <laughs> I've no just added you. Jason's home kit cameras All right. in my topic document future, for the future. Future conversation. 
Nathan asks, do you decorate your homes as well and offices? We obviously our homes, but offices uh, as well as homes for the holidays. What kind of decorations do you use? Are they all for enjoyment, the enjoyment of neighbors? Like, do you use outdoor stuff? Uh, what do you do? I, well, my office is not decorated at all. So mm. I should probably get on that. Uh, our homes are, um, we have out, outside lights, as I mentioned before, on a smart switch. It's mostly sort of peer pressure for the neighborhood like you can't be the house that doesn't have lights come on um but they're minimal lauren puts those up i i used to put those up and i got so frustrated with it that i retired from it and lauren was like hey why don't we have lights and i said i'm not doing it and she was like well then i'll do it so now she does it and it's like all right i feel a little guilty and yet also i feel grateful every year that i don't have to do it because oh, i hate putting those up um i do have so some listeners may know I enjoy the uh, waving, uh, the air dancer, the waving tube man. The flailing inflatable, I don't remember the family guy thing, but people know what that is. Yeah, you know, it's the, 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 like a car dealership, and it's like a yeah. guy and his arms, and, and your, your brain is programmed to react to motion, and so you immediately go there, and that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love them, and uh, uh, Jamie and I used to say, uh, you know, Lauren and Julian would not care, but Jamie and I would be like, oh, tube men, they're so great. We should get one. And we talked about it. We joked about getting our own tube man and putting them on our roof and stuff like that. So I bought one. Uh, this was a few years ago. But what the, what you get is you get the blower. So I got an orange one. I put him up at Halloween. And let me tell you, the kids, oh, they love it. They love it. They love that there's this tube man flailing uh, in our front yard at Halloween when they come by to trick and treat. It, trick or treat. It's great. Um, but but once you're in the ecosystem, the tube man ecosystem, <laughs> <laughs> once you've given in to the tube man life, to big, big <laughs> tube man, you're living your tube man life. Once you're in the tube man ecosystem, you can buy, of course, accessories. Oh, I'm the sure there's man. a Santa tube man you can buy if you wanted. I, indeed, there is, Mike. <laughs> And I have it. I have it to let you and know. And I have bought it. <laughs> and that is also, the only thing is that those you really should only put up when it's not raining. So uh, if, it, and we're, we're about to get into a rainy stretch here, but if it's not raining on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I will bring out Tube Santa and he will dance around to the delight of whoever is around <laughs> on, on Christmas. So uh, that's my outside. And on the inside, you know, Lauren and I were just talking about this. We have a collection of stuff, but it's like we've been married for like 20 seven years and we've been living together for 28 29 years we've collected a lot of christmas stuff and hanukkah stuff um over that time lauren is jewish so we have hanukkah stuff too Mm -hmm. um we have both and uh it's all eclectic because it's just been collected over 20 plus years and we were sa- we were looking at all at it all, and she was pulling some of it out of the box, and like, why do we even have? I don't even like this. Why do we even have this? But we we save it because it's one of our Christmas things that we have, and they're not our style, and they're not our preference, but we put them out because we have them. And if we were starting from ground zero and told uh, design your house for the holidays and get stuff, we would have a sensibility that that our Christmas stuff does not have a lot of it, especially because it's from people, right? It's like my mm. mom, my aunt gives me this pillow and it's got a fuzzy Santa beard on it. And you're like, okay, great. And then suddenly it's in your house every year for 25 years. So I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is um, we have collected a lot of those and ornaments too. I should mention we've collected a lot of ornaments 
over the years. When you have kids too, you have the kid ornaments where the kids like make an ornament at school and putting the ornaments on the tree this year, as every year is a wonderful moment when my kids put those ornaments up and they have whole discussions about this dumb thing that they made when they were in fourth grade. And they they also have grown to have strategies about our ornament collection. At one point we had friends who gave us an ornament of the month club from Etsy and there were a bunch of stuffed monkeys. Um, and so my kids now have like a monkey strategy when they, when they put the ornaments on the tree, which like, you got to spread out the monkeys. So, uh, you know, so we got a lot of those and then they're nerdy ones. I've got like baseball ornaments and I've got doctor who ornaments and star Trek ornaments and stuff. And they're in there too. There's lots so anyway, it's it's just kind of a mess. But I think that that's what a lot of people do is, you know, not everybody is the like, we have an aesthetic for Christmas and we and we hold to it. I think some people are, but I think a lot of people are just like, you know, the stuff collects and we put it up and that's what it is. And when they break or they're ratty, we throw them away. But until then, we just put them out and they are what they are. And that's very much our non-aesthetic for, uh, for our decorations. So we only decorate home. Uh, I have thought about decorating the studio. We didn't spend much time uh, in London for December, so wasn't going to do it this year, but maybe next year. I would like a bit of holiday cheer at the studio. Our kind of strategy at home is we really just lent into none of this is going to make any sense as kind of like our uh, general yeah. idea for decorations. That's the way. <laughs> so our Christmas tree decorations, we have... Uh, a large selection of felt ones that we found this company a few years ago that now lots of companies in the UK have just straight up ripped off because they did really well. We have a lot of like, so we have like a Brussels sprout with a paper crown on it. That's a good one. We have uh, a badger and a spacesuit with skis. Uh, we have a few dinosaurs, which are really great. Like the mm. ones wearing a Santa outfit. Uh, one is a stegosaurus with like four um, Santa hats on each of its like, the spines on on its back which is really good we have lots of really weird stuff we've also started collecting um holiday decorations from good vacations that we have so we have like a hawaii one we have a couple of disney ones uh we and then like around the house we have these um i think i think maybe adina bought this for me a couple of years ago geez these like they look like snowballs but they're actually like little soft balls, so they go all over the house, which sometimes we break out into snowball fights at home of those. We just really have lent into none of this is going to make any sense, so we don't have to worry about there being an aesthetic, but the kind of overall theme is eclectic, which we enjoy very much. It's very, it brings me great joy when every year I was like, oh my God, I forgot we had a dancing mariachi Day of the Dead themed uh, guy. Yeah. I you think know. I think your ornaments especially can uh, and your decorations will speak to the people who are in the house and mm-hmm. things that that have have delighted them over the years and that's definitely the true truth with our uh, our ornaments is that there's the story of our kids are in there and then mm-hmm. other things we like um, like I've got a I've got a, a Skeletor ornament oh of course that I bought uh, he lives in my he lives in my uh, pen cup on my right. desk most of the year. But then he he has to put in his his servitude on the tree during the holidays. I got a Doctor Who I got like a TARDIS out mm-hmm. there. And then there are a bunch of things with dates on them because they're from the kids or for the kids or whatever. Um so yeah, it's I think that's good because it says something about your, you know, you and and Adina and your interests and stuff. That's uh that's what it's all about. 
Nathan asks, when is the proper time to put up or take down holiday lights and decorations? So it will come as no surprise that I uh, have opinions about this, but it, it's um, when I was in Ireland for Ool, you remember that was around Halloween? Yes. Uh, we all dressed up in things for Halloween for Ool. And then we're leaving and we get to the Dublin airport and the Christmas stuff is everywhere. Yeah. And I thought, oh, like unforeseen advantage of Thanksgiving yes, being I on hate, the American I calendar. We don't have this. I, there's no barrier. We have no barrier. Exactly. And it's a permeable barrier. There are people put on November 1st who are putting up Christmas decorations. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. But what... But even though it's a permeable barrier, it is a milestone. It is a barrier where you're going to get some people who are going to give you looks and that a lot of people use that as as their date. So Thanksgiving in the U.S. is a Thursday. It's a fourth Thursday in November. Mm -hmm. And so you end up with this very late uh, November permeable barrier. And my opinion is that, yes, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, it's fair game. You can put it up in late November if you really want to. You can wait till December. But like for me, that is the the official start of holiday decoration is in the U.S. Anyway, should be uh, the day after Thanksgiving, essentially. And then uh, in terms of taking it down, for me, usually it is the weekend after New Year's. New Year's is on a weekend this year, so it might be the week the following weekend where you start taking the ornaments off the tree and eventually you take the tree out. The, the tree's fate is ultimately, we have a live tree, so it's ultimately decided by when the uh, the the refuse company says to put out your trees so that they can bring the wood chipper by. <laughs> you know, that's, that's part of the circle of life. Uh, and... Uh, that some stuff lasts longer than that. You know, we, we, we slowly take that down. Um, one tradition that we have that I really like is we have a door in our, our, we have a hallway that connects every room in our house. So there's like 11 doors in that hallway, <laughs> but one of the doors is out to the living room, which is a kitchen dining room, living room area. It is the big room in our house where we spend most of our time. And so that door gets covered with the cards we get. So we have, as the cards come in, they get affixed to the door. And so in addition to just getting a card from people, you can see them and see the people you know and see their messages. And it's kind of nice to go there and look at them from time to time. And that stays up through the end of January. And even then, Lauren is reluctant to take them down because she really enjoys it that much. So that that lasts to the end of January. But otherwise, uh, it, it all starts to drift away after New Year's. How about you? December 1st, no earlier than December 1st for going up. Coming down. Bless you. It's like sometime <laughs> in January, like early January. Like, yeah. And for me, again, like you, like I think the natural time is the next weekend after New Year's. That it just feels like the time you would do it. But no, I, I don't like Christmas music or uh, Christmas decorations before December 1st. Good for you. That's right. You don't have you don't have the permeable barrier of Thanksgiving, and yet you're you're doing it right. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of it, which helps me a lot, right? Like I'm very aware of when Thanksgiving sure. is, and we right. try to observe it in some way. Uh, sure. You mentioned turkey. you were real tree. We're we're a fake tree household, just because we don't have a lot of space, so we have like a really slim plastic tree. Uh huh. We would like to be a real tree household in the future, like in a future uh, house where we have yeah. more space. It's nice. I love the smell of it. That honestly, that's the thing that I, I don't think if we didn't have a live tree, I don't think we'd have a tree because um, I, I don't 
like the I don't really like the fake trees, and I really love the smell of the tree. That's my favorite thing about it. Is you walk into the house and it it smells like uh like a tree. It's great. I love it. Um, also the slim plastic tree wasn't that one of David Bowie's nicknames in the seventies? The slim, slim plastic, plastic tree, probably tree. not. Who knows? It could have been. Uh, Tomber asks, warm or cool lights on the tree? Uh, yeah, Tomber's question, warm or cool white lights on your tree, actually, is what Tomber wrote. And I think that's funny because my fairy lights, am I doing this right, Mike? Fairy lights. Mm-hmm. They are colorful LEDs. Ah, that's where you get me. It's all the colors, all the colors, blue and red and whatever else is in colors. Yay, all the colors in the colorful LEDs. They're beautiful and I love them. Uh, warm white tree lights we like warm white fairy lights not a big wow. colorful uh your fa- your fairies are boring they sure are <laughs> they sure are jd wants to know what is your favorite piece of holiday apparel that you own uh controversy maybe jd i do not own any uh, holiday apparel no ugly holiday sweatshirts I have nothing. Oh. No holiday apparel of any kind. Not really a choice, just just don't. I used to have I used to have a long sleeve shirt with a giant uh line drawing of a sheep on it that I considered my holiday apparel. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? There was something about it. It felt like it was like the thing to wear on Christmas Day. I don't I don't, I don't know. Also because we are a cal supporting house. And our arch rival is Stanford. I think I've explained this before, but I'll just explain it again here. At Cal, you can't wear red. You can't wear red to a Cal game because that's Stanford color. It doesn't matter if they're playing some other team. It doesn't matter. You can't wear red. And in fact, if you wear red at a Cal game, everyone around you will begin chanting, and this is true, loudly, take off that red shirt. Take off that red shirt. You can hear it from across the stadium. So as a result... I own very little red anything and certainly no jackets or anything outerwear that I might wear to a football game in the fall in red. You can't do it. So Mm. I think red is a very Christmassy color and I have almost nothing that's red. I also have almost nothing that's green. I don't love uh, wearing green either. So where does that leave me with no holiday apparel? So I'm assuming you didn't buy the red hoodie, the red upgrade hoodie. I absolutely did not. In fact, there was a real debate of whether I was going to even suggest we sell it. And every time somebody happily shows us their picture about the red, the red upgrade one is hoodie, a winner. I can't wait for mine to arrive. I know it looks so good, and I just look at it and I go, oh, "Red." But I did. I did it. We did a, a red incomparable shirt at one point, the, mm-hmm. which I call the Red Zeppelin. Um, oh, and even that is yes. is deeply, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it deeply disturbing and I will not have it in my house. So that is, that's how my life goes. However, I will say Lauren used to have a red sweatshirt with four penguins, a picture of uh, four penguins in a stack in a phone booth that was labeled four calling birds. And that was her Christmas sweater for a long time, but it was very old and is gone now. I think she, I think she had that from when she was in high school. Um, and so I don't know if she has anything. I have nothing. I I have I have nothing. Should I buy? Is there some merch available, Mike, that I could buy to, to make my... Uh, my life more holiday-like? Not that I'm aware of. It, back in 2019, uh, we, for Cortex, made an ugly sweater. Oh, right. I remember this. Well, I missed out on that. Yep. That was back in, in holiday 2019. That is my favorite mm. piece of holiday Cortexmas. I have packed it because we're in Romania for Christmas this year, and it's uh, that is I'm going to be wearing it maybe on Christmas oh, Day. 
Uh, I love it. I love it so much. I, I hope we can do this again one day. Like what I really want to do because it's printed, I really want to do something actually knitted, but that seems like very complicated and I'm not really sure how to go about it, but maybe one day. But I love it a lot. It's, it's really good. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Hunter Douglas. We all want to live well, at ease, in comfort and style. Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics and control systems so advanced that they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Hunter Douglas's shades diffuse harsh sunlight, instead casting a beautiful glow across the room. With their adaptability, you can enjoy the view outside a window without needing to give up your privacy, and you can bring this all together with Hunter Douglas's Power View technology. This ensures that your shades will automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. Hunter Douglas shades are compatible with all your favorite home automation systems like Amazon Alexa, Apple HomeKit, Google Assistant, IFTTT, and more. This is something that, you know, we were talking about this earlier on in the show, right, about having uh, your HomeKit devices all kind of be automated and automated well. I think this is like a super great part of the Hunter Douglas lifestyle is that you can include all of these with your HomeKit automations. So you can have things going on when you're at home, when you're not at home, just the exact way that you want. So you can also integrate it with the other products into your home. And that's the control that you get. And I think it's really awesome. So you can live beautifully with Hunter Douglas, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit hunterdouglas.com slash upgrade today for your free style get smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's hunterdouglas.com slash upgrade for your free design guide. Our thanks to Hunter Douglas for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, so next up is Brian. Brian wants to know, what is your favorite Christmas song? Oh, uh, my favorite modern Christmas song changes regularly. Um... But my favorite classic Christmas song is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. That's chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Oh, that's so really that's, good. That's, that's a, a classic, classic, and I love it, and I have that one queued up every year. And then my modern ones, there are lots of good kind of modern takes mm-hmm. on on this. Uh, Father Christmas is a good one. That might be my number one right now, but it varies over time. I, I go back and forth among many. Mine is Step Into Christmas by Elton John. Oh, what I like about Step Into Christmas is it it is not like other Christmas songs. It doesn't sound like other Christmas songs. It's just uh-huh. a good song, and I like that a lot. I like Christmas songs that are good songs, yeah, um, as well as just being like Christmas. You know, I agree. That's great. Justin asks, "Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?" Justin, of course it is. It so is. This is unequivocal in my opinion. I mean, people joke about it and they're like, oh, well, this movie had a scene at the beginning set at Christmas, so is it a Christmas movie? But like Die Hard is throughout. The whole point of Die Hard is that it's not just Die Hard as a guy running around an office building. He's running around an office building at Christmas with people who are hostages because it's a Christmas party, which leads to the classic, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. What could be more (laughs) Christmas than that? It's like, um, you know the song Driving Home for Christmas? By Chris Rea. Do you know that song? I don't. Okay. Well, that's just like about a guy who's driving home for Christmas. That's a Christmas song. And really, <laughs> you know, Die Hard is John McClane just like dying for Christmas. I don't know. It's like, it's just, he yes. has to get through the uh, terrible, as action skyscraper. 
Yes. That the, yep. He has to action get through skyscraper. The, yep. He has to get through the action skyscraper to make it out alive, and so he can save Christmas for everyone and have Christmas with his family. It is one hundred percent a Christmas movie. It, you know, it's like yeah, it is. For those who don't know, Action Skyscraper is the Swedish, I think, name of Die Hard. That's mm-hmm. how they released it there, Action Skyscraper. It's a good name. It's very good. Very good name. So yeah, 100% Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Stance wants to know, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, my favorite Christmas movie. I have a recency pick, at, yep. like which is, we just watched- Give it to me. We just watched Love Actually again. I haven't seen it in years. That is such a great movie. It's just a good movie, let alone a good Christmas movie. Great. Yeah. Love it. And, you know, it's like, I imagine maybe people who didn't see it at the time think, oh, yeah, it's like those movies where they bring a bunch of famous people together and all their stories intertwine. And it's like one of those movies. Love Actually was the movie that started is that, that movie. Yeah. yeah, That's the movie. And, like, I remember at the time, I saw it when it came out, because I remember at the time, one of the things that was so shocking here was the poster like all of the people on the poster. It's like, how, how? does one movie have yeah. the all of these people in it? So, Yeah, and the answer is it was a very clever, you know, multi-story kind of threaded thing. It's a great movie. Um, I have two. I'm going to again do the classic and modern take here because it cheats and lets me have two. Um, classic is Miracle on 34th Street, which is my wife's favorite. Mm. And is it's a great movie. It is sappy in parts but also super not in other parts the whole plot is that a a santa gets so falling down drunk that he has to be replaced falling down drunk during the the uh, macy's uh, thanksgiving parade and has to be replaced and uh then he's replaced by uh maybe the real santa claus but they think that he's crazy because if somebody claimed to be the real santa claus you would think that he was a crazy old man uh things spin out of control um there's a trial (laughs) i was gonna say i haven't seen this movie i have seen this movie we did this we did this we did this for mike of the movies i love that movie it It is it is so great but it's weird and it's funny yeah and and uh edmund gwen who plays santa claus won the oscar for best supporting actor for that movie because it turns into like it turns into (laughs) It's a, it's it's a, a court Christmas room. courtroom drama. It, it's a courtroom <laughs> drama where kids are getting called as witnesses, and there's so a dramatic good. moment when the U.S. Postal Service brings in all of Santa's letters. Yeah, and there's a great there's a, there's this whole political subplot where the judge uh, says, "If I rule against Santa, the only person who's going to vote for me is the district attorney." It's my favorite line in the movie because his political <laughs> fixer, who's always got a cigar and is played by the guy who played Fred Mertz on "I Love Lucy," says, he shakes his head and goes, "The district attorney is a Republican, so you're going to get." no votes uh it's it's just a it's again if you haven't seen it you should see it it is uh it is it is surprising in if you think that it's going to be a super sappy kind of thing it's from 1947 it's not it's actually kind of light and funny and weird and takes all these strange plot turns that anyway it's good um that's my favorite classic and my favorite uh new more modern movie although it's just rapidly uh becoming a classic and i'm going to say the same things about it as miracle on 34th street it's elf oh elf starring will ferrell 2003 yeah it is a classic and i'll just say if you are a person because i've heard this from a lot of people if you're a person who doesn't like will ferrell just watch elf 
it's not going to give you, I think, all the Will Ferrell things that you don't like about Will Ferrell. He fully commits to being a human-sized elf, and it is... I love it. I, I could not love it more. It is such a great movie. So those are my two favorites. Those are my two go-to watch during the holidays movies, Elf and Miracle on 34th Street. Elf is a great movie. That's so a really good. good one. It's very funny. It's very charming. Um, yeah. I want to say, I don't know, if, I, I, I feel like I'm just going to, I'm going to die on the sword maybe. Uh, last year I watched, uh, well, we watched Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time. Yeah. Don't like it. Hmm. Don't get it. I love the style and the look. There's no story in that movie. I don't understand. I don't get it. Don't understand it. I know it's a cult classic. I don't get it. I don't like it either. (laughs) Good. And please, you know, as I said it, I was like, I I know if I say this enough, Jason will agree with me. I knew you'd agree with me. I don't get it. I, I, we were actually talking about this. I would like somebody to redo it. Like, give us the visuals more of a plot. And then it, you know, we can actually have a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Brant wants to know what are your favorite Christmas episodes of TV shows. This is tough. I was good. I I don't really have any particular thoughts on this. I figured that you would say like Doctor Who or something. Well, that that's going to be my answer. Is that I actually have a playlist of the Doctor Who holiday specials that I will sometimes just flip on. But uh, I did a couple years ago, I did a rewatch. I, I watched sort of like a uh, 12 Days of Christmas kind of thing. I rewatched all the Doctor Who Christmas specials. And what I'm going to say is that the best one is the, is, is the return of Dr. Mysterioso. Uh, Dr. Mysterio, Dr. Mysterioso. It's, uh, it's, it's silly. It's a, it's a superhero pastiche, which is not what you expect uh, I guess it's Dr. Mysterio, not Dr. Mysterio. So from 2016, written by Stephen Moffat. Um, it's just, it's sweet. It's like an homage to Superman, the movie, kind of, except in Doctor Who. Uh, and there's kind of a romance subplot. And it is, at the time, I feel like everybody's like, yeah, yeah, it's another Doctor Who Christmas special. It's kind of great. Um, and I also really love Last Christmas, which is from two years before, another Stephen Moffat. That one uh has uh who's who's in that? It's it's a it's a good cast. It's it's what if we did a um what if we did a Doctor Who Christmas special that was modeled on the thing, a horror movie? <laughs> Why would you do that? But uh Nick Frost is in it as Santa Claus. Uh, so it's Nick Frost and oh, Peter Capaldi kind of going one. at it. Yeah, I've that's also that that's also a legitimately great Doctor Who Christmas special. So I recommend those. Obviously, Charlie Brown Christmas is the greatest Christmas episode. It's a special, so uh-huh. is it a TV show? It's not a movie, but I do love that as well. Um, and we'll see. I haven't watched it yet, but we're going to watch the Ted Lasso Christmas special this year, and we'll see how that goes. I don't really think I rewatch TV episodes like that. You know, like in a way that we might rewatch a movie. Well, the beauty of like the Doctor Who Christmas specials, for example, is if you build something that's totally standalone, then you can just lasts, enjoy it as a yeah. as a thing. And that's why I made that playlist, and it's actually pretty fun. Is that is that those are all structured to be because right? It's because it's the BBC audience on a Christmas day. They know they're going to get all sorts of people who don't watch the show regularly, and so they're the a good Doctor Who Christmas special is just meant to be of its own story and not much more and be kind of big and fun. And uh, sometimes those are great, 
but uh, but the Ted Lasso one is made to be a Christmas special. Yeah. And I read a story the other day that said that somebody finally admitted they actually asked Apple not to release it until Christmas, and Apple said, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do that." Uh-huh. So, so here we are. That's the explanation. They released this little uh, claymation short that's cute, but I yeah, kind of insubstantial. Um, about the Ted Lasso's ma- mustache, but like their original idea was to do the Christmas special as a Christmas special. And it only really, I mean, that's how it works. It's a great fun episode, but it really should have been released as a surprise like now. And that didn't happen. So I'm going to go back and watch that one. Larson asks, favorite Christmas time beverage? Do you have one? For me, it's eggnog. Hmm. It's really, I think the only Christmas beverage that I can think of. And Mike Brantz asks, do you have a preferred brand of eggnog? I've only ever made eggnog. I've never had pre-made eggnog. Okay, what goes in the Mike eggnog? Oh, so we use, the basic recipe that we use is a Benjamin Babish recipe, um, which I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a, you know, you can watch the video, but it's also written it out on his website. So we use that one, and in it, the recipe calls for rum and bourbon, and that's what we use, and that's what I like. Um, the rum we just use Bacardi rum we haven't really ventured out there but bourbon I have more opinions on so I kind of change it up every year depending on Mm. what I'm interested in having I think this year we used Eagle Rare in our uh, eggnog I really enjoy eggnog uh, but I've only ever had it at home it's actually uh, like a it's like our Christmas tradition the day we put up the tree the day before we do the eggnog part because you got to oh. let it mature so we do eggnog the day before and then we drink it on the day we put up the tree um okay so now you've said that. rum and bourbon mm-hmm. that's two things what else is in there eggs <laughs> eggs, eggs sugar and sugar nutmeg ah and nutmeg okay i've never had eggnog um, it sounds disgusting and i'm not interested so here's the thing jason it does <laughs> it, this is why i never had it i was like why on earth would i want to drink eggs this sounds yeah. terrible but it's really nice it's like a milkshake like... jason it's much more like a milkshake there's lots of milk yeah, goes but... in it too as well as I... egg oh okay i also don't like hard alcohol so it's it's you know I yeah don't, i don't even Get have that. bourbon in my house i do have some rub in my house from the relay five when Shelly made mixed drinks for the Relay so fifth so anniversary pre, yeah. pre-show party that yeah. we did at mm-hmm. my house, I still have Shelly's rum, so who knows. Um, for me, my favorite Christ- Christmas time beverage, Larson, is my favorite beverage, essentially, mm-hmm. because Christmas time is the perfect time for people to have like a dark beer, like a stout. Oh, it's holiday time and you can get a stout. I drink stouts all year round. Um, it's my favorite beer type. Uh, so there are more of them and they're easier to get this time of year and it feels more seasonal than when I drink them in the summertime. Um, there are a lot of like, like I've got a, I've got a, uh, a porter right now that is like a chocolate porter and I have a stout that's a s'mores stout. So it's like marshmallow Damn. chocolate graham cracker that one is so sweet that i'm actually saving it for christmas because it's like kind of laughably it's too sweet for regular use but um those are my favorite (laughs) beers and and we have them uh i have it's it's for regular use look that that beer is too sweet for the regular uses of beer (laughs) 
you can't drink beer, a beer like that every like a dinner. It's a it's don't do it. So anyway, that's my it, the approved uh, beer of the holidays is my favorite beer style, and so uh, that's awesome. So that's what I do. Also, I should say uh, for special occasions, what we often do is we go and buy some uh, fancy beer. So I've got a big bottle of a Belgian triple in the closet that we'll put in the fridge for Christmas, and I've got a couple of bottles of a really nice uh uh belgian they're all kind of the belgians are the fancy Mm. for me the ones that i really love are the belgians so we've got we've got a belgian style big bottle um with a cork and everything and then i've got two of these it's kind of expensive but it's amazing uh called uh ode goose which is like a sour ish it's like a it's like a ghost but it's goose because it's belgian uh and we will put that out at some point during the holiday season too. So some fancy, expensive beer, uh, but that's it. Bronwyn wants to know: chocolate desserts or gingerbready spiced style desserts? Yes. And, and during the holidays, I would <laughs> I would lean gingerbread. I yeah, I agree. I I love ginger. Ginger yeah, is one of my too. favorite things. And um, I like re- eating raw ginger. I like having ginger beer i like having gingerbread and so yeah i will make i make these ginger i think i've talked about it before but there's a blue bottle coffee recipe for uh ginger cookies Mm -hmm. that i'll put in the uh i'll put in the show notes uh they are amazing they're crispy and they're uh, molassesy and they're gingery and i love them but yeah i'll take ginger wherever i can get it chocolate's great too but um but ginger is just that much more seasonal yeah definitely ginger like I, I like like you, I like ginger a lot at a time. I especially like it during the holidays. It's when all the good gingery stuff would appear. Um, I think like I like chocolate. I'm not chocolatey dessert as much. I feel like it, like you know, like cake, like chocolate cake and stuff like that. I'm not like a big a big fan of. I like brownies because I'm the only chocolatey cake type thing that I do enjoy. But yeah, gingerbread, I I enjoy it, and you get the best gingerbread stuff during the holidays. Yeah, for sure. This is the time. This episode is brought to you by Setapp. Getting things done is a challenge that we can that we all struggle with. It's something that we can all understand. And look, one way to tackle it is to make sure that you have the right tools for you and your computer. That means having the right apps. And Setapp is on a mission to help users get more done. With Setapp, there's no more worrying about having to search for apps to solve a problem because Setapp packs over 200 apps for your Mac and iPhone into one. There's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started so you can think about the tasks that you want to complete, not having to worry about the apps that you might need to go and buy and all that kind of stuff to make it work. I have been on a bit of a crusade recently in recommending an app that I love called CleanShot. It's a really great screenshot tool. That's a part of Setup. MindNode is a part of Setup. Ulysses, Todo, Gemini, that goes, list goes on and on and on. There's so many really wonderful applications as a part of Setup. And it's really, it, look, it's great. It's really convenient. It's also a great value because instead of paying hundreds or even thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. New apps are added to Setup regularly and the, the updates are free and the apps are full featured pro versions as well. They don't like amend them and change them to put them into Setup. You get the full application all for that one fee. It's just $9.99 a month. Go to setup.com slash upgrade FM to try Setup free for a week. Then if you like it, $9.99 per 
month. Setapp.com slash UpgradeFM. Our thanks to Setapp for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, next up is from Dave. What personal knowledge management system do you think Santa uses? Is he on the Obsidian <laughs> bandwagon? Or do you think he's got his own custom Vim system that he built in Linux? I think Santa... Well, first off, Santa is the end user, so he's got a whole team of elves who are building... Uh, There's a, a technical elf. ...database yeah. behind the yeah. scenes. So yeah. all Santa needs is the end product, which is Santa's got a dashboard thing or maybe a phone at this point that gives him his next destination and the details. And there's probably a package dispenser, um, either automated or maybe an elf riding in the back that that is getting the particular items prepped for the next stop. So I think it's all... Like, it really, it's, it's in the cloud and there's a whole... Um, he's up in the clouds, so it makes well, sense I mean, to put it's, it in the cloud. It's fitting, right? Yep. And uh, and there's a whole elf uh, backend that's doing the uh, the database approach and and timing it all out. That's what I would say is that I don't think Santa Santa is, you know, he's the CEO basically, but he is he's got a whole team to do that, and it's way better than the old days where they had to have like scrolls and stuff and. It was, you know, they, they, they digitized and now it's it's pretty easy for Santa. He just needs to go to the next stop. Yeah, I, th- I could imagine he's got like, you know, somebody's used like a Raspberry Pi, you know, and they've, they've created this like little computer that sits at the front of the sleigh and it's just pulling could down be. from this system. I think, I, again, I think he might just have a, like a phone and like a clip now <laughs> on the oh, dashboard good of point. the sleigh. Good point. Uh, it might not Custom even need the, the interface. Also, I would say there, there, Santa's app does have some features. Um, for example, he has, there's tagging involved. So it, it's going to bring up the IDs of the kids that he's mm-hmm. delivering the presents to, right? He can, on the fly, check their naughty nice score. He oh, can like tag a, Jason. a kid to naughty if he a needs Tinder to. A Tinder style swipe left, swipe right for naughty nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably happening, <laughs> honestly. Also, there are notes in there about like if they're trying to see him and he has to avoid, or if there's a, a you know, it's like a CRM system a little bit where he can mm-hmm. mark in like um, this fireplace is dangerous and you should go in the window instead and all of that. So that's, he can do some of that because he's the one who's out there in the field, right? Yes. He's taking notes, but it's all going in the, the, the database that is in the cloud, like his sleigh and uh, operated by the elves. That's what, that's what I think. He's got to have a pretty pretty beefy iPhone case on that phone, though. Because he's in some uh, elements, yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's, it's sparkly and, uh, and red, naturally. Marley's asks, if you could buy all of the Upgradians a gift, what would you get them or us? What do you think? It would be the existence of said cheaper Apple display from earlier on. That would be the gift I would give people. Everyone wow, you're very, you're very generous. So you're, no, are you buying I'm not a buying gift everyone. or are you buying the existence I'm buying of the existence thing. of it. They can buy it themselves. I'm not buying it for them. I'm very particular about this. I will buy that this thing exists. I will not buy said monitor. Nice try, everyone. I, well, if I go by your means, I'm going to say a, 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 a 27-inch iMac that runs Apple Silicon. Mm. If I go where I actually have to buy it, but somebody's going to give me the money. I mean, if I if the money's no object, then sure, I'll just buy a standalone Apple display for everybody. But, but it's probably not going to happen. So instead, uh, I don't know, a phone brain. Oh, phone brain is good. Well, if somebody was, hang on though, if somebody was going to give you the money and you could buy all of the Upgradians a gift, we would make 
specialized merchandise. Yes. So then we would get the money at the end. Oh, interesting. Now that's Cortex brand thinking right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but w- when I say foam brain, Mike, what I actually meant was the foam brain, the Nick plus Nerf foam brain has been out of production for 20 years. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is we're going to create a new foam brain mm-hmm. that is upgrade branded. We may sublicense it to Cortex because brain's kind of your thing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put it back in production and sell those because mm-hmm. we know that we have stoked the fires of interest for foam brains for years now, and yet they, there's no product for them to buy. So we will put that into existence, and then we will give it away as a gift and pay ourselves as the vendor. Perfect. Sounds good. It's right. a Christmas miracle. We made money. It's the Christmas The Christmas. <laughs> That's what scheme. Christmas is all about, Charlie yeah. Brown. <laughs> uh, Chris asks, what are your thoughts about giving or receiving Apple products as gifts? Will there be a polishing cloth underneath the orchery <laughs> this year? If you're very bad, you get a polishing cloth <laughs> in your stocking. I I think giving uh, or receiving Apple products as gifts is great. It, depending, I mean, it's a little bit like those car commercials with the big bow on the car in the driveway that like you shouldn't buy a car for your spouse without their consent. Like it's too big a purchase. That's Come yeah. on, don't do that. So I think you need to know them and maybe it's sort of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. But yeah, I, I think that they can be really good, whether it's AirPods or a, or a laptop or, or, or whatever, an Apple watch. Um, I will tell you because no, nobody tell her, but uh, my mom, uh, I'm, she has a, I discovered when I visited her last time that she has a very, 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 very old iPad Air that she is using that is running several ios versions ago because it can't be updated anymore and i am going to provide her with an upgrade uh so there you go i'm gonna give an apple product to somebody in my family this christmas i think i think that can be great for me like if you're asking for me i don't want uh anybody to buy me apple related things well we're already on it (laughs) yeah like i've got it taken care of (laughs) yeah Right, yeah, anything right. you want to buy me, you're probably also not going to get me the thing that I want. Right, like right. Uh, I'm yep. good. That part is good for other people. Yeah, like you know, yeah. go for it. And I'll ask Matt's question: What is the best Apple product or gift for a complete stranger? So I feel like App Store gift card. If it's a complete stranger, I'm not exactly sure why Matt needs to buy Apple gifts for complete strangers. Secret um, Santa? Maybe. maybe. I would say App Store gift card. You have to know that they're in the Apple ecosystem for that. But if they're not a complete, complete stranger, probably AirPods. AirPods. That's what I was going to say is the other way is if you know they don't have AirPods. And even, honestly, even if they are not in the Apple ecosystem, AirPods will pair via Bluetooth with anything. So that that's a nice nice price, nice gift. Um, but yeah, gift card is always good because you can you can price that lower than any apple product polishing cloths not available uh you know it would be very funny to handle hand them like a USB-C to headphone jack adapter or something enjoy uh but but yeah i think a gift card is a great answer there so matt said that he was thinking air tags when he asked i don't think air tags is air tag is the gift of you might lose something yeah bummer which I don't know. That's it's not necessarily a fun, fun gift, but cheaper than AirPods. So you know, maybe. 
Aaron asks, why has it been impossible to buy an iPad or iPad mini this holiday? How big of a financial hit will this be for Apple's quarterly results? So Billions. We don't Billions. know the exact answer of this. Uh, I mean, we can assume it's the chip shortages and legacy nodes. Legacy nodes. I hadn't been looking, but I, I, I actually do know. Like, I know people that ordered their iPad mini when, like, pretty much when they came out and have just gotten them. Like, mm-hmm. which is wild to me. And it was like three months ago or something like that. So this is definitely a product line that they're struggling with. Um, it's interesting to me that the iPad and iPad mini are that, but I guess for most people that does seem like the logical iPad to buy right now is one of those two, right? It's either the cheapest one or the smallest one. Like that, I guess that kind of makes sense rather than the Pro right. or the Air in, in a lot of cases, like when it comes to gifts. I'm going to provide some advice, by the way, which is it, it's actually our advice for new iPhones, but I'm going to provide it here, which is if you can't order it online until after Christmas, check and see if it's available at one of your local Apple stores, if you have a local Apple store. And I'll say that because I just went to apple.com and clicked through on an iPad mini and got to the bottom and it says, delivers January 4th through 6th. Pick up today. So there, there's going to be stock. I, I, it may not be exactly what you want. You may need to get a color you don't want or a size you don't want, but there are going to be things available in stock in an Apple store mm-hmm. that are not available online. So if you're near an Apple store or going to be near an Apple store, that's a thing you should at least try. Yeah, you should just keep your eye on that. I agree. Yep. Even if you put an order in, if your order's a long time, like you can cancel the order. You right. Know, and go, yeah. go and get something you know much, much sooner. Matt asks, Christmas is right around the corner, uh, but we have to get through Festivus first. Do you have any grievances to air? Yeah. Here's 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 my big grievance for you, Mike. Um, oh, well, you know, on. there's a there's <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of talk on on connected about the Triple J conspiracy, but it, uh-huh. it seems like only John Voorhees is ever on connected, and James don't is look at me. always present with other things. But this is not my decision. I I don't think I've have I ever been unconnected. I was on the prompt, yeah. but I don't. No, you've been unconnected. You, have as, I been unconnected as a judge and adjudicator of things? Okay, that's true. I just I feel like the the there's a lot of talk about the triple J, but that I'm kind of left behind on that. That's what well, I'm saying. I just I feel a little say, left out. I do not trust the triple J, so I wouldn't invite any of the triple J onto the show. Okay, it's, so it's not your fault that there are breaches in the fault. wall. It's Stephen, other than your co-host's Stephen has fault, been doing this, I believe. Okay. Stephen has Stephen invited John Voorhees onto the show. Uh, well, once one time recently, John was just in the same room as Federico, so it was kind of unavoidable. Yep, that was a good uh, one. And then another time was, well, I think the last time was Federico. Uh, was it Federico had had his booster shot a couple of weeks ago? And so there was a concern that he wouldn't make it through the episode, and it was true. And so John yeah. came in, but I don't know why this. I don't know why Stephen keeps bringing John onto the show. You have to just, look to Stephen for that. I, I I know I was on like the live episodes and all that, and I I I just am saying I I, just, I feel a little left out when there's all this talk about the the triple J, me and John and James, and yet I don't know. It's well, I don't that's just, it's a minor it's a minor grievance, but I like how you've just thrown it on your co-host instead. Oh, one hundred percent. I will. <laughs> I will that's throw. Right. You, you distrust us all equally. Yes. I appreciate the equality there. Thank uh-huh. you. I, and I will throw Steven under the bus for this <laughs> anytime, anytime, all day. Uh, had nothing to do with me. I was on holiday. Do I have any grievances to air? Hmm. I don't think so. 
I feel pretty zen right now. I think I feel like maybe nice. if you would have asked me this before I took that big vacation, I may have had more grievances. I I feel like your 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 uh, iPhone scratches is your number one grievance. Oh, that right is now. my number one grievance right now. Thank yeah. you for the reminder. I have a grievance towards the Apple Care corporate. Uh, uh, what is it? I'm trying to think of like the the corporate the, machine. The, that's it. The Apple Care corporate machine in denying my uh, screen replacement, which is something that I tend to get back on top of as w- when I get back home in January. So I am going to be back on it uh, next year of trying to get my screen replaced. Um, I do at this point, I am. I think I said this in the show, I do feel like now I just want to get some of those new parts and just try and do it myself. Um, but, you know, I would also like to... to I, I demand satisfaction uh, from this one. And finally today, Kim asks, how do you celebrate the new year? What is your typical New Year's celebration, Jason? It's going to be disappointing and boring. We Occasionally we have friends who invite us over for a New Year thing, but otherwise we are at home and we will try to get some uh, some crackers. Usually it's a Christmas cracker that we've forgotten we had at Christmas and so we keep it and then we use, you know, the... Um, UK kind where you pull on them and they yeah. pop and you get a little crown. We do that for New Year's and it's a, a lot of fun. And uh, I have picked up a tradition from my friend Philip Michaels where I try on sometime on New Year's Eve to watch Duck Soup by the Marx Brothers, which is a very silly movie. Why it's about New Year's, I don't know. It's not really, but it has become a New Year's tradition. Uh, might try to get in a viewing of When Harry Met Sally, which is New Year's related and is one of my uh, favorite movies. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, like I said, there's probably Belgian beer and other things like that around. And then New Year's Day, because I'm an American, eh, there's a lot of college football on while you're sitting on the couch under a blankie. And uh, I like it that way. I do not like New Year's Eve as this idea of you're going to have a great night. Yeah. Like if you go out and party, like because uh, I believe none of the great nights, like the true great nights you have in your life, are because they were supposed to be one. They the great nights happen because they just happen. It's not like I, I really don't like this. Like we are going to have an epic night because it's New Year's. Like so, I don't like New Year's parties. I, I never have for that reason. I like very chill New Year's things. So whether it's just me and Nadina at home or a couple of years we've gone to a friend's house and just just four of us and we just really kind of just use it as an excuse to be together like rather than actually really paying attention to anything past the fireworks that occur at midnight. So uh, hopefully, I mean, if we're lucky, we might be able to do that this year, but I don't know yet. Um, But otherwise, New Year's is just... uh, we might have like a nice meal, like cook a nice meal kind of thing. I like to keep yeah. it low key, low key for New Year's. I I, I agree. Again, unless I've got a, a friend uh, and our friends who always did the New Year's party uh, at their house, which was you know not a party party. It's just a bunch of parents getting together and their kids getting together. <laughs> yeah, uh, they moved, so they don't have that anymore. And we occasionally will get invited to another friend's place, and they're they're uh, English, Mike. So oh, we wow. that is that is beautiful because what you do is you come over and you have some dinner. Um, or some snacks and dinner, heavy heavy snacks, I guess. And uh, you watch it be midnight in London. Yes. And uh, then you you can hang out for a few more hours, and then you know maybe if you're really feeling bold, you watch the ball drop in New York, and then and then you leave. And you you know basically London is perfect, right? That's like mm-hmm. five p.m. something like that. Yeah. 
So this was uh, this was a tradition that I easy. knew that the underscores <laughs> did, where they would have their like they would put the TV on for the kids to see the fireworks at New Year's, and then the kids could go to bed, right? Right. But now they're yes. in the oh, yeah, UK. The classic. So I don't know. I'm asked to ask him, how are they dealing with this, uh, with the fireworks? Because now the kids don't get to see the fireworks, because yeah. if they do, it's midnight, because <laughs> they're here. <laughs> I don't know about their kids, but one of the things that I discovered, and I think they're still on Netflix, is they, they, make, um, they make New Year's videos for kids. Wow. Where, where you get to play the video... And it, it and it plays the video and then it counts you down and then everybody says Happy New Year and then you turn off the TV and put them to bed. And that they think genius. that they've seen the countdown. Yeah. So if I got let me go to Netflix. I'll type in New Year Countdown, maybe? Yeah, or New Year Kids. I don't know. Skylanders Academy New Year's Eve Countdown. The Skylanders are celebrating their heroic accomplishments of a huge New Year's party, and you can help them count down to midnight. That's one. That's and it's one, one minute long. Yeah, that's smart. That's it. That's it. There, there used to be more. I'm not seeing more of them, but like, that's, that's what you want, is you want the thing that is like, it's a lie. It's not really. But they don't, they're excited that it, we get, all get to count down. We have fun, and then it's off to take your bath and go to bed and all of that. And they're asleep whenever you want them to be. Very clever. Thank you to everybody who sent in a holiday Ask Upgrade question. Yes. Uh, you can send in Ask Upgrade questions for our more regular episodes as well, just with a tweet, hashtag Ask Upgrade, or question mark Ask Upgrade in the Relay FM members Discord. There will be no Ask Upgrade next week because we are going to be uh, deliberating, judging, and awarding the eighth annual Upgradies Awards <sighs> on next Yay. week's episode, which I'm really excited about. Um, I, I will get overly excited about the upgrades every year uh, i now have the monstrous task over the next seven days of trying to work out the <laughs> the upgradians responses because yeah. in case you don't know like with the nomination but except for like one i think of our questions people just have to type in what they want yeah. Um, and I have test. a whole process, and I know how to do it, and I've got it all taken, like I've got it down. I wrote instructions for myself a couple of years ago because it's what, something I do once a year, and I have like a good process for it, so I just follow the instructions. Uh, and so I've got to go through that over the next few days. But that this is like good work for me because it's kind of mindless work. I, I like this work. It's like a nice kind of end-of-the-year thing. So I've got mm-hmm. to be pulling that together. Plus, I love watching the uh, the little chart that I make. I love watching it populate and seeing because there's always surprises in there for me. So I, I find it kind of fascinating as a process to go through. And also, as I'm sure you will be, Jason, I have to finalize my own uh, nominations because uh, mine and Jason's nominations, they weigh quite heavily. Uh, because yes, we actually do. make the decision, but I, I like to I like to see the uh, submissions of the upgrading. That's it helps me. Helpful. It helps me pull my ideas together, and also very many times helps us make awards. Because I have a bunch of categories this year that I do not have uh, strong right. answers for, if any at all. So I'm excited to see what the upgradians say. Uh, so thank you for listening to this episode of Upgrade, and we'll be back next week. If you want to find Jason online, you can go to sixcolors.com, and he's at Jay Snell. I'm at I Mike I M Y. K-E. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors, Setup, Hunter Douglas, and Bombus. And if you are a Relay FM member and support the show, thank you as well. 
Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Ho, ho, ho.